welcome to the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s and 30s. I'm Chantelle the Coach, a quarter life and confidence coach to women in their 20s and 30s that want to make the most of single life. They want to go out there, have fun and do things on their own without feeling like they need to find a man. Even if that might be part of the process, that's not the be all and end all. And I've just got in from a single girls club meetup, uh, Essex, which is our flagship meetup, Central Point. And we've just had a breakfast with some of the lovely members of the single girls club where we've shared stories and insights into our life. Quite a lot of new members this time compared to returning ones. And it always changes. Sometimes you get people that have been there couple of times sometimes we get people that are brand new and it changes and the dynamics always a little bit different there are online events for those that can't get to Essex and there are a couple of events coming in different areas as well so keep an eye out for that and join the single girls club if you're not already part of it yet now on this week's episode of the single girls guide to life I'm going to be talking about quite a hot topic for what keeps getting asked or suggested or inquired about and what best advice there is is how to get over a breakup. Because we often find ourselves in a single situation because we've gone through a breakup. There are some of you I know that have expressed to me that this is not new to you. Being single is actually something that's been the case for a while. However, a lot of us find ourselves in a scenario because of heartbreak. And heartbreak has a distinct difference when it's in divorce. Going through a divorce can actually take a lot longer. The studies have found that heartbreak takes about 11 weeks, so three months to get over. But if it involves divorce, it can take a lot longer. So that's just a prerequisite to understand as part of this. But heartbreak is a form of grief, or it's an experience that triggers the need to grieve. It's a process that takes time to move through and there's not really one right way to do it. We can start to understand it, each of us. We can start to see what it's like and what we could do. But there's no one single way that's going to work for every single person because this is such a personal experience. We are all different people. We all deal with things differently. And whilst there are things that work for more people than not, there are also going to be those things that don't always work for everyone. And so love is exactly the same in that way. But heartbreak overall for everyone doesn't last forever. Okay, it's important to remember that when we go through that experience of heartbreak, that that feeling in your chest that it's just, in fact, it's possibly sometimes in the stomach, that sickening feeling. But there is that physical element that we feel, that we get, some of us, when we go through that heartbreak, that devastating news that it can feel like. And that's not imaginary. You are triggering the same points in your brain that are responsible for managing pain. So therefore, your body's reacting in the same way. It thinks that you're going through physical pain and it acts and responds in that way and that's why we feel it that's why we literally feel those things and it's horrible you can feel the the gulp that pit in your stomach and the idea that you're not really sure where this is going to go or what's going to happen why does it hurt so bad that's one of the questions i think that underlies it because it can seem excruciating. And it doesn't make sense. Nothing physically has happened to me. Or you. But it feels like it hurts so very, very 
much. And so in this episode today, I want to talk about some elements of heartbreak that I want to bring to your attention in case you've never thought of it this way. And if you've been lucky enough not to experience heartbreak in such a devastating way, then at least you'll know it for then. But I don't think anything can compare quite to going through that experience and doing it, having your heart broken in some way. And that happens because what we thought was going to be happening no longer is. We are experiencing a loss. And that is a loss of what we expected to happen versus what now will no longer be. It's loss. And that's why grief should be associated with this. We often associate grief with just the element of losing someone to death most of the time. But actually grief is when our identity is put into question. We don't know who we are because of those traumatic events that have happened. And that event needs grieving. And you need to come out the other side looking at who you are and what you're going to do and want to do on the other side of that. And so there's a few elements to begin with. So understanding the process of grief in reflection of a heartbreak is very important. So firstly, it's denial. We don't believe that this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Is this really happening? Is this, is this, is this real? Am I dreaming? Where has this come from? I don't believe you. Why didn't you say something? All of those questions, because we don't want to believe it. We still want to be on the trajectory of staying with that person or the potential of that person still being a thing. And it's not anymore. So we have denial to go through. We might even debate with that person about whether we could get back together. You know, can we do something different? Can we try this, try that to make it all better again, rather than accepting that this is a choice that someone's made. And when we don't get that response, we then get the anger stage because we're now frustrated that there's nothing we can do. It's completely and utterly out of our control and we get angry. Beat ourselves up about what we did. That's still part of the bargaining bit, but not wishing we could change it, just angry at what we did. Angry at the other person for not having told us early enough, not having said anything and for ultimately ending it. There's nothing you can do but anger. And we have to manage that. It's not appropriate to be angry all the time at everyone around us because of this. And of course, we should acknowledge that we feel that way. We shouldn't deny that feeling. But managing it in an appropriate way is key there. And then after that anger does pass, because each of these are stages that you move through, and some can be brief and some can be longer, we then have the depression stage. Because now we really know that we can't do anything about it. The anger has gone, it's been reduced, but there's that hopelessness of not really feeling like we know what we're going to do next, what that means for us, what's the point, why are we doing it? But what's good is that whilst the depression section is not great, it's not an ideal thing to be going through, no one likes that feeling of not having that positivity, not having the energy kind of feeling a little bit lost and confused and unenthusiastic it's the last stage before acceptance when you now accept what has gone on maybe you see it as that opportunity for growth the chance to start something new to find who you are that's where you get to and there aren't those 
denial feelings, loss of control, anger, and all of the depression there. You've moved past it. You might not be in the most positive space, but you're no longer in that low period, that last one before acceptance of depression, and you aren't in that really fired up stage of anger anymore. You're past that. And so another element to understand in the next phase is from Option B, it's a book, uh, by Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. And within the book that talks about a variety of elements with regards to resilience, this is in the context of uh, Cheryl's experience losing her husband quite drastically all of a sudden. Um, She talks about the three Ps, they talk about the three Ps that must be overcome to move through grief and build resilience. Uh, And those three Ps are personalisation, pervasiveness and permanence. So personalisation almost links to the bargaining stage to a degree personalization is the belief that it's your fault that if you had done something different this wouldn't have happened that there's something wrong with you and that's the reason they left and the reason they ended it and there's no other factor but it being to do with you pervasiveness is the belief that this is your life over the whole life every single part of you is no longer around there's no value in it that all the areas of your life are devastated because of this breakup it affects everything and that's almost a little bit like the depression stage because depression is when we don't know what we're doing next and that's when it does start to potentially infiltrate the rest of our life but pervasiveness is the belief that it will affect every single aspect of our life when it doesn't have to it only has to affect the areas that you let it affect And whilst you can't always control every emotion all the time at every single moment of the day, you can be conscious of when you let yourself have that time to react. And if you need to take time off of work, some people may not agree with me on that front, but heartbreak is an emotional response to a a traumatic event. And this event is that someone is leaving your life. Now, if this is only someone that you've been dating for a couple of weeks, a month, whilst it can still hurt and feel like it hurts as much, you do have to be careful and and seek that understanding further that there may be more to it if so quickly you feel that devastating loss. But if you've been seeing someone for a period of time where there's a level of commitment and there's this breakup, that's when, maybe justifiably so, you do need that time. We were to take time off to grieve the loss of a loved one that's no longer with us. So why aren't we, at times, as forgiving to ourselves to take that time off, to process and let our emotions out with heartbreak? And the third P that they mention in option B is permanence, that this will last forever. And I think this is the one that everybody thinks. Everybody thinks that their life is over, the negative feeling probably towards the depression stage, I think is probably where we mostly sit with this, will not go away. When am I ever going to be good enough for someone? Why can't I just do this? Will I ever find someone to love me? I think they're all questions that run through your head as potential elements that you worry about. Because it seems really real. Essentially, we need some hope beyond that to keep going and hope's difficult if you haven't 
if you haven't experienced heartbreak much, or this might even be the first time you really experienced it, but you've gone through a few breakups before, maybe it didn't matter too much, maybe you were the person ending it, and I think that's a very different experience. But if you're the one being broken up with after what feels like a lot of investment, then the idea of how you get back on track after this feels mad. Particularly if it's after a long time, like whilst I wasn't the one to have that heartbreak put upon me, I suppose, in that sense, even starting over and trying to navigate a world in which I didn't really understand it, and by that I mean dating, (laughs) because I hadn't dated as an adult, all of my relationships had been uh, as a teenager, and so I'd never dated as an adult, like, I have got to start over again with that, and when we go through a breakup, a breakup of a significance, um, a relationship of significance in that sense, where your lives have started to intertwine in some way. And it's not strict to this, but if you've got those elements of, you know, your house or where you lived had started to be connected or, you know, you had that routine every week in the end, the, the once a week element that I talk about you should build up to as long as you have your friendship sorted out around that with anybody else, making sure your friends friendships are maintained. And then maybe you've even started to make friends that are the same friends because of experiences you've had together, a bit like if you've been on holiday or if you went and did an experience together or even maybe you even met and that was how you met and it was with a group of people, that now all those things need to be separated. And I think that's the biggest bit, that you have to start over in a number of areas of your life. And it's not just the breakup from that person, it's the breakup of their family too and all the friends and everything that goes with it. Depending on the length of time and how much involvement you had, this wasn't just one extra person in your life. This was potentially a whole family. There was also probably trips, events and things that you used to do, whether together or with more people. It's the loss of all of that. Maybe then live arrangements. Maybe then what your day-to-day even looks like. It's the shockwave in which it can affect many areas, but it doesn't have to affect absolutely everyone. In most senses, it's not often going to affect work. There are going to be cases where that does happen, I appreciate that. But in the majority of cases, other than if you are seeing a work colleague or they happen to work for you, slash with you in some way, or it's a small business-style setup, you will likely avoid work. And work will be something that you can maintain. Your finances, because of that, depending on the level of independence you had as well, may not get affected. In some cases you will if you're on joint accounts. Your spirituality, hopefully, wouldn't get affected. Your religion and your belief. And hopefully, if you listen to what I talk about enough, there will be an element of your friendships that have not changed. That you've still got those friends that were separate to your relationship. That weren't the same people. They didn't overlap. And they are your friends and your friends only. And they are the ones that will be there for you. And so now understanding that. Those stages. The three P's. It's important to build resilience here. Sounds a little bit insensitive. To say that this is a chance to build resilience. When resilience is bouncing back quite quickly. The quicker you are to bounce back from an event it means that you're more resilient that's what resilience is 
I would never deny you the opportunity to express your feelings, to get your emotions out. But I think heartbreak is one of those that we experience so infrequently that it takes longer to get used to it and to bounce back. And sometimes we completely avoid heartbreak. We stay with the wrong person because we're afraid of being on our own and we wouldn't want to cut it off. And by goodness, we don't want them to cut it off with us. And I think some people are in relationships like that. I've stayed longer than I should have in relationships like that because of those kind of feelings. It doesn't make it right. And actually, doing difficult things is what makes us stronger people. And that's what resilience is. When we go through any kind of adversity or difficulty, we do it and manage it in as best a way we can. But we continue to push forward with looking forward, looking optimistic. And so all of this contributes and builds up to the fact that every time you go through heartbreak of significance and any other tragic event, but we're talking about this from a 20, 30 year olds that are single, so it's probably going to be the highest one, is that this is now a new chapter. This is a chapter that does not likely feature that person anymore. Or if it features them at all, it's not half as much as it featured in the last chapter. This is an opportunity for you to go out there and work out who you are again. And to work out every single aspect of your life and what it means. Because if it does affect a number of areas, not all but most, or a good number, then this is the time to go out there and evaluate each and every one and decide what you want to do. This is exactly what I did after my divorce. So I wasn't going through specific heartbreak. I was going through big life changes. It affect, that really did affect nearly every area of our work. And I had lots of decisions to make. Where did I want to live? Did I want pets? We had a shared dog at the time and I desperately wanted her. But beyond that... And through time, do I really want a pet of my own other than the one we had? Did I want any more? What did I want to be doing for my job? What kind of social life did I want? How important was having money to me within the context of what I needed to pay for and the things extra I wanted to do? How far was I prioritising my spirituality and exploring growth and personal development? How important were all of those things to me? And so working through each of those is vital, vital to the next chapter. And you're not going to know it instantly because you have to go out there and find something different because what you did before might be working a bit, but you need to make sure now that whatever you pursue is the right thing for you. You've got to try new things. You've got to, you've got to mess up again as well, might I add. Anything that you try next you've got to be prepared for it to go wrong because you might not know it's the right thing. And that's what coaching is great for. Coaching is great for that period of time. Not processing what's happened, it's the bit after that. It's the bit where you've got to decide what you're doing next. And so next year, we'll be kicking off 2022 with your Sort Your Life Out programme. As well as that, there is the Year of You 2022 journal. And that, as a real basic, has a task an exercise in it that you can work through to look at those different areas of your life. But the coaching is that one-to-one, talk it through with a person and get guidance through guided questions on exploring what it really is that you want to do next. 
You can do it on your own, of course. Doing it on your own feels very personal. You can ask friends. If you have those friends there that are going to support you through it, go and do that. Share it with someone at least. But if you don't have those people and you need that little bit of confidence, and that's what coaching can be fantastic for, and it's the kind of thing that I love working with people on because I know what it feels like to have to start all over, to feel like you don't know what you're doing and that you've got to go through each bit to work out what really works for you. And whilst heartbreak wasn't associated with my divorce, I've not been void of heartbreak, but I certainly didn't have these tools to deal with it for. And I just think if I'd only I'd had that and I only had that person to kind of talk it out with and just express that to, how much clearer that would have made my life in that sense. And going through the process myself and doing exercises like this is what made the difference. It's what got me to the other side. It's got me in this point where I literally, if I want to date, I date with intention. And it is not the same as everybody else's date. It isn't. I do not date with the same intention maybe that everybody else does. I have very interesting beliefs because I've sat there and I've thought about what I want for each area. I've sat and read books to decide what I think is right for my life and whatever relationships, friendships, work and everything else that I do in my life looks like. I know who I am and what I'm operating from. I know what my principles are. I know what my core values are. And I use those to determine things. And yeah, you're allowed to change your mind, by the way. Because the things that you try out don't always work. Or you go, oh, I think this. And then you put it into practice. And no. <laughs> and that's okay. That's part of the process. And that's why relationships, I've, I've put that last. In the sense of the order of sorting things. Because that requires another person. Significantly so. It's not fair for me to be working out lots of things that I need to work out. Whilst trying to let someone else work out their life. And then trying to form something together. I've, at that time, I don't have the time, nor energy, nor focus for them whilst I'm still sorting myself out. Whilst I'm still sorting my life out. But once you get to that bit, then you can start dating with intention because you've probably defined what you want. And I don't mean, I don't mean tall, dark, head. Like, I don't think that's what I mean. I mean, what do you expect from the qualities of the person and the actions what do you expect from each person? How do you play your part and how do they play their part? As opposed to, oh, they've got a great job doing this or they don't have kids. They do have kids. They do want kids. They don't. All of those have a place, but actually going deeper than that to understand things. But that's when you're back on track because heartbreak is a traumatic event. It really has an impact on your life, but it isn't forever. It is something to be understood as stages that you go through and that there were things that are going to hold you back from moving forward. So three P's, personalization, pervasiveness and permanence that you have to acknowledge and be aware of so that you can counteract that as you notice it, as you notice that self-talk. Oh my God, I'm going to be like this way forever. You aren't because other people aren't. And they're the people that give you hope. You've got to find... Friends, family members, public figures that have gone through heartbreak and come out the other side. If you haven't had your own experience, remember your own experiences. If you can, go for those. 
because you have got to the other side of that. And I know it can feel damning when you feel like you've put a load of time into someone. The kind of kicking yourself moment is, oh, I should have just left earlier. What a waste of a year. But you didn't know. You were operating the best you could at the time you were. Forgiveness towards yourself and self um, Yeah, self-love, I think, at that point. You wouldn't berate your friend for making the wrong decision. And it's not a wrong decision, but for making a decision that meant they stay longer than they felt they should. So don't berate yourself for it. Find who you are and work at each and every category of your life because this is a brand new chapter. It cannot be seen as anything but because it's the end of one. It's time for the next one. If you know the TikTok, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Isn't it exciting? Yes, it's exciting. It feels scary. But it should also be seen as exciting when you can find the space to see it that way. And you've moved through those stages, moved past those P's, and looked at what you really want in your life or have started to explore it. So I hope that's given you an idea of how to manage heartbreak and really understand heartbreak. I think we overlook it. We know it happens to a lot of us. We know it's really difficult. But it always seems like Losing a person, that physical loss of a person, like to death, is, is acknowledged with that grief. When in heartbreak is the saying, you're losing that person, they're now missing from your life, and you need to work out what you're going to do next without them. Two features of loss, whether that's loss through death or loss through leaving. So take the time when you're going through heartbreak, whether that's now and fresh, or in the future to come, or just maybe something from the past you haven't fully unpicked yet. But that could be what happened. I love going back and going, oh, I remember being really angry at that point. That was that, that, was that third stage. It's almost like being able to like write that story for yourself and go, I understand what I was doing now. I understand why I was so annoyed at everybody for a week. I was just angry about it. And it's part of heartbreak. I hope that's helped you. It's a big question and there's not these specific practical strategies because everyone's so different. Although they can, you can find some online, but you've got that element of breaking each task down. As I say, it's in the journal or you can start registering so that you're on the email list for when the Sort Your Life Out programs begin for 2022 and those slots become available. But other than that, I hope that you engage with that single girls group single girls club on facebook because that's a place to share sometimes how we're feeling or to see that other people's experiences can turn out well and that we're all finding the times where we get the ick or the times that we've been questioning our jobs for being women or this week we spoke about the change that we experience in life and what could be more change impactful than heartbreak and that change that you go through then i hope you have a brilliant week and until next time ladies keep thriving